0: Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app or on the On The Mark Facebook page, Facebook Live. We appreciate you tuning in there as well. This is On The Mark. I am Mark Hespin, and On The Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, Faith, Family, Giving Back. That's Kunis Country. Tell them Mark Sencha. We have a jam-packed show today for you on this Saturday morning. The sun is shining right now in America's hometown in downtown Hannibal, Missouri. Uh, Hopefully the sun is shining wherever you are. It is a busy weekend in the Tri-States. There's so much going on, uh, but it looks like a lot of it's just going to keep getting rained out and rained out. But right now the sun is shining, and uh, so we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. And, and a good weekend of, of sports ahead of us as well. Uh, as we look ahead on the show, uh, we'll be talking, obviously, Eastern Conference, Western Conference Finals to get the show started off here. Uh, we get thoughts on Ben Simmons, where Ben Simmons could end up. What is the right fit for Ben Simmons? It's certainly not in Philadelphia. Uh, we will talk Carl Nassib and that groundbreaking announcement of him being the first openly gay NFL player. Uh, and... And then we'll have some Stanley Cup final thoughts. Uh, uh, Mavericks hire the the new coaches in the NBA. And uh, I'm going to fix the St. Louis Cardinals at the end of the show. I know. I'm a Cubs fan. And I shouldn't fix the Cardinals. I should let them just wallow in their own pity right now. But I feel so bad for the Cardinals, I'm going to fix them. I'm going to fix them at the end of the show. All right, let's jump into it, though. Follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mark Hespen, M-A-R-K-H-E-S-P-E-N. Get involved with the conversation. Uh, but uh, Hespin headline number one, let's get going here. Hespin's headlines on the mark. Hespin headline number one is we know who's going to be in the NBA Finals. After two games in the Eastern Conference Finals and three games in the Western Conference Finals, I can confidently tell you, who is going to be in the NBA Finals. So let's start with the Eastern Conference Finals, because last night was an absolute beatdown by the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, the two-time MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, and uh, absolutely shut down Atlanta, 125-91, avenging that horrific loss on Wednesday night, 116, 113, where Trey Young went off for 48 points, 11 assists, and they lost home. So, the series is tied 1 1. This is over in six games at the max. Uh, I have a, I, I will give the the Atlanta Hawks one game at home. I think they maybe win game four at home, or uh, maybe game three, one of the two at home, but then the Bucks take care of the rest. This is over. What we saw in game one was what happens a lot of times in the NBA playoffs. It happens uh, in, in a, a good amount of sports, NHL playoffs. It happens in uh, college basketball and March Madness. It happens in uh, in so many, uh, in the NFL it can happen even too, where a team with a lot of momentum, one incredible superstar who's extraordinarily hot, we saw it in March Madness years ago, Kemba Walker, Uh, It can upset better teams by coming out and punching them in the mouth game one. And that's what happened in game one. But even then in game one, when Trey Young was the best player on the floor with a guy who's a defensive player of the year and a two-time MVP and Trey Young was the best player on the floor, they narrowly beat Milwaukee at home with a three-point victory. And Milwaukee paid like absolute crap. Terrible three-point shooting, uh, not aggressive, getting to the basket. And their superstar for Atlanta goes off for 48 points, and they win by three, barely, on the road. Atlanta only is winning games in this series if Trey Young does what Trey Young did in game one. Now, Trey Young is, in my opinion, at this point in time, we can honestly say, One of, I would argue, probably a a fringe, like top five point guard in the NBA. But he is, in my opinion now, the best point guard in the Eastern Conference ahead of Kyrie Irving. He's now better than Kyrie Irving. I think we all can say that right now. Now, Kyrie's career is much better than Trey Young's. But right now, if you're building a team, you take Trey Young over Kyrie Irving. A better shooter. Uh, He gets his teammates involved just as well as Kyrie. Kyrie would dominate Trey Young one-on-one, but as far as building a basketball team, playing the game of basketball, you have, I believe truly now that Trey Young is the best point guard in the East. And then with Steph, Damian Lillard uh, in the West, I think he's not nearly on that level. You can make the argument that Chris Paul is still better than Trey Young at this point in time. Uh, The West has some more point guards. Do I take Trey Young with John Morant? Very close, so well, be arguably a top five point guard, but best point guard in the East, and 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 Trey Young has earned that through this incredible playoff run. But that being said, the Bucks are the better team, and when the Bucs play motivated, which you saw them come out actually motivated in Game One, and and I mean Game Two, and it's not shocking to me that there was a perfect storm for Atlanta to win Game One. Atlanta was better rested. Atlanta has momentum. Atlanta has uh, the best shot maker in the series in Trey Young, and Milwaukee was just coming off of a s- emotional slugfest against a super team, and winning a game seven in that in that team's place in their barn. So, what you saw in Game Two is some equal rest. The teams felt each other out. They know what the game plans are attacking, and clearly, the longer, stronger, veteran team in Milwaukee that's had playoff runs before, they regrouped and they totally dominated in Game Two. Now, that's what I'm saying is, the Hawks could certainly win another game. I'm not. I'm not saying the Hawks are, are toast. I certainly think the Hawks can win another game, one of their games at home, whether it be a uh, game 3 or 4, maybe game 6. Whatever, maybe I don't see them winning game 6 cuz I think the the Bucks take it in 5 or 6. I'll, I'll give them one game at at home. Cuz Trey Young'll get hot, they'll win, uh, you know, it'll be a a, a kind of a slugfest. Uh, Milwaukee won't shoot well and the Hawks will win maybe game 4, uh 105-101. Uh, and uh, and the, the series goes back tied to Milwaukee. Maybe. But at this point in time, we now know Milwaukee's the better team. And I think we knew that going in. But after two games, you can see. Game one kind of a aberration. So many things at, at stake. Uh, a lot of momentum for Atlanta. The, a Bucks team that has just gotten beaten down from a, a, a slugfest of a series with the best player in the NBA, Kevin Durant. They win that. It's emotional. And then they... They get punched in the mouth by a great young player in Trey Young in game one and they only lose by three points. So Milwaukee's the better team and Milwaukee will be uh, the Eastern Conference representative. Now, I, you know me and I've been very uh, open about this the last three weeks. I made a bet before the playoffs started. I put my money where my mouth is. I bet the Bucs to win the NBA championship. I thought this was their year anyways. And I think you're seeing it uh, come to fruition in a lot of ways. And I think a, a Bucks. Uh, Clippers, Bucks, Suns matchup is going to be fantastic. Now, I do want to once again say to the Atlanta Hawks, they are a young team with a ton of potential. They don't, they're not even fully healthy. Uh, they have a lot of things um, that are going for them. Uh, John Collins is is an incredible talent. Uh, I think Trey Young needs a reliable wing guy. He needs a reliable uh, playmaking at the wing. Or a, a two guard that is, is a, a Bradley Beal type of guy who could also light up. Someone else who could just get their shot when they need it to. And all of a sudden you could see Atlanta taking the next step. I love Clint Capella's game with Trae Young. I think you keep Clint Capella with Trae Young as long as you can. As long as Capella is still this athletic freak that he is. I love them together in a lot of ways. And, and the Hawks have a lot going for them but they got exposed. They the, the reason they won game 1 is I laid it out for you. And in game 2 they got exposed when Trey Young is not Superman and it's impossible. We've been saying it for for weeks now. You cannot win. One player cannot win every single game even if they're the best player in the world. Michael never won till he got Scotty and even when he got Scotty it took a couple years. LeBron has never won without one or two other guys. Steph Curry never won without one or two or three other guys. Magic never won without one or two or three other guys. Larry never won without one or two other guys. It takes a team. It takes a team. So, uh, uh, shout out to Atlanta, but I think by this time next week we're doing the show, uh, we'll be talking about the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals. All right, let's switch our gears. You're listening to On the Mark here News Talk 1070, KHMO. KHMO app brought to you by Kunis on the Hyundai. Uh, it is episode 91, by the way. We're coming up on our century mark here of On the Mark. Let's move over to the Western Conference Finals. And here's my thought. From after three games of watching this series and a and tremendous tremendous Game 3 win from Paul George and the Clippers, 106-92 uh, in L.A. The Clippers will not win another game in this series without Kawhi Leonard. And, and that's it. That's it. The Clippers were gifted a game because Paul, uh, Chris Paul was extraordinarily rusty. You could see it. Uh, and the, the, the sun's got hot without Chris Paul in the last couple games. So inserting him back in took a little like, Oh yeah, this is how this works. And Devin Booker is clearly not a hundred percent with the mask and dealing with it. And I would be shocked to see Devin Booker wearing the mask in this game tonight. Uh, in Game four, but the Clippers are done. They're not going to win another game without Kawhi Leonard. They got their win. Paul George was fantastic. 27 and 15 on Thursday night. And they deserve that win. And Paul George, uh, I'm I'm happy for Paul George because now we, we've really seen what Paul George is. Paul George is the type of guy that Trey Young needs now. You know what I mean? A get-a-bucket-wing guy who can be a really great Robin uh, if he's got pieces around him. And especially a guy like Trey Young who's a leader, unlike Kawhi, I think Paul George would fit right into that role. Uh, I think they'll fit right into that role. Uh, but I think you're seeing now the limit of the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard is they just can't they're, – they're just not going to be able to compete in this series. I really don't think they win another game unless Kawhi comes back. And even then, what kind of Kawhi Leonard are we getting? We're getting a Kawhi Leonard who probably feels pressure to come back when he's not 100% healthy. And Kawhi, just from everything we know about Kawhi Leonard, is not that type of guy who's going to do what KD did when he was not 100% healthy with a calf, and then he tears his Achilles. Like, you're just not going to get that from Kawhi. And I don't ask Kawhi to do that, because you know what you got when you signed Kawhi. Kawhi has been very open and honest about who Kawhi Leonard is as a player from day one. The reason he's not still with the San Antonio Spurs is because they were trying to pressure him to play with an injury when that kind of final run with Manu and Tony and Tim. So don't ask Kawhi to do something that you know who Kawhi is, you know, and and that's another thing where you get frustrated with fans or with the with the media, and they and they try to say, oh, well, Kawhi this, Kawhi that, you know. I, I tweeted out the other night when they showed in when they were watching game three uh, game three on Thursday night, they showed Kawhi Leonard in the press box with his family and kids. Imagine if LeBron James had had a a knee, a, a knee issue, and it was game three, his team was down 0-2, and they showed LeBron in the press box with his kids. Oh, he would have been eviscerated online. He's not down on the bench. Why is he trying to give it a go? His team needs him. LeQuint James, fake King, all this stuff. They would eviscerate him. Kawhi, to his credit, has built a brand on... Yeah, that's Kawhi. Okay. There's zero noise about that on Twitter or anywhere in the sports world. Why? Because Kawhi has built that brand. So again, I don't expect Kawhi now to come back. I really don't. Unless somehow, someway, the Clippers win game four, and I don't see that happening tonight. If the Clippers can win game four, and then maybe you get a Kawhi back for a game seven, if it gets that point, game six, I just don't see that happening. Uh, I don't see quite coming back. I don't see the Clippers winning another game. I, I think Phoenix uh, will will get Chris Paul back into this lineup. I think you'll see a Devin Booker play a little more cautiously, r- leave the mask out, almost kind of sub out Chris Paul and Devin Booker, use Devin Booker more as an assassin, get healthy, make sure that nose stays clean, doesn't take any sort of contact. And I, I think you'll see the Suns win out the rest of the series. Um and, and honestly, I I feel strongly about the Bucks doing the same. Uh, but I, I could still see Trey Young g- getting a game for them, as I mentioned earlier. So at this point in time, by this time next weekend, I'm putting it on the line there. I feel very strongly we will have a Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks NBA Finals. And I think that's great for the NBA. Chris Paul is a huge. Marketable name. You see him in all those commercials. Cliff Paul, Chris Paul, State Farm. The new ones with Sabrina Ionesco are fantastic. And then you have Giannis, who's an international juggernaut of a star. And you have Giannis, who is the type of guy who, uh the two-time MVP, that I think will only flourish in the in the stages of like, oh wow, people watching Giannis on ABC in the NBA Finals. If you haven't really watched him before. The dude, there's a reason he's the Greek freak. He literally is a freak. I, I think it'll be a it'll be a great finals for the NBA. I'm putting it out there. I, I really think that the Clippers are toast if Kawhi doesn't play again. And shout out to the Hawks for taking advantage of a great situation in game one. But what we saw from game two is that they just they're not gonna be able to compete long term in this series with the Milwaukee Bucks. You're listening to On the Mark on News Talk 1070 KMO and the KMO app. Brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Hyundai and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. Uh, when we come back, I want to move my focus to Ben Simmons. Uh, obviously, this was news from just a couple days ago, you know, maybe past, but you know, listen, I'm only with you guys for one hour a week. So I want to get some thoughts out there about Ben Simmons. Um, what would I do if I was an NBA GM in some of these teams and looking at Ben Simmons, assessing Ben Simmons, and, and ultimately... Uh, for the 76ers, what do you need to get in return for Ben Simmons? And what can you get in return for Ben Simmons? Because clearly, I think we all agree, or at least you should. And I'll convince you to. That ben Simmons and, F- and Philly are absolutely done. Uh, you'll listen to the market. News Talk 1070, KHMO, the KHMO app, live and local in America's hometown, Hannibal. News Talk 1070, KHMO. There's gold in your garage. ...KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Kunis Honda Hyundai. Stop by Cunis Honda Hyundai, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy and ask about their complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and select used vehicles. They have a ton of used inventory on in their lot and majority of this used inventory qualifies for their lifetime powertrain warranty. It is an insane deal. I'm telling you, I uh, I... I the best decision I made since moving to the tri-states two and a half years ago from Chicago to take this job at kick FM and Townsquare media and, and get to do this show here on KHMO was getting involved with Cunis country, buying my truck from Cunis and being a part of the Cunis family. You won't regret it. You really won't. All right. Uh, tell them Mark sent you, by the way, that'll always help. Uh, because the shout out to all those guys over there, they love listening and, uh, we appreciate them, uh, as always being a part of the show. Let's move on. Uh we move on to Hespin headline number 2, uh Ben Simmons talk. Hespin's headlines on the mark. So one of the things that I think I want to start before we dive into this is shout out I, I shout out to Ben Simmons first and foremost. We got to remember this dude is a human being. <laughs> and 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 I, I got to be honest over the last like the the day, the night of you know games 5 6 and uh you know 5 and 6 for the uh 7 for the uh, Atlanta series in the in the 76ers series I have never seen a guy get eviscerated more on Twitter and deservedly so and it's one of those things where you know we laugh at playoff p and that's you know he gets his nickname and people go on Twitter playoff pp and and Paul George has had moments where he's been Bad this postseason. But overall, I do believe that Paul George has... um, Now when he's playoff PP and you make the joke, it's because, oh, wow, it's a little shocking he's having a bad game or he's had a bad moment in a great game. But he is stepping up as showing you, hey, I can be a legitimate number two on a championship team. And, And so when you see it on the flip side with Ben Simmons, where no, 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 he legitimately deserves this criticism, it's hard because... We got to remember, as sports fans, and I always try to do that, and I always try to, you know, what I've said from day one of the show, episode one, and here we are at episode 91 of On the Mark, I always want to elevate you above the dumb, drunk guy at the bar sports talk, right? We're always trying to think beyond, I'm three Bud Lights in, and dude just stinks, sucks, trade him, blah, 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 blah. But in a lot of ways, Ben Simmons deserved a lot of that criticism in this past postseason run. I mean, he finishes the postseason one with the worst free throw percentage in a postseason. He was worse than Shaq at the free throw line. But yet Shaq was giving you 30 points a night and fouling out guys. I, I, I mean, I, let's talk about Shaq for a second. I fell in love with NBA basketball, not because of Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the 90s. Remember, I'm a 30-year-old guy. I was born in nineteen ninety. So I can sit here and tell you, yes, I do remember watching a little bit of Bulls basketball, 97, 98 runs. I remember watching the Jazz Series and, you know, faint memories. But I was seven years old, eight years old. What I remember about basketball and falling in love with basketball is Kobe Shaq Lakers in the early 2000s being 10, 11, 12, and watching Shaquille O'Neal literally foul out the front court of the Indiana Pacers. And, and literally foul out three guys for the Philadelphia 76ers. And just being dominant. And watching him give Tim Duncan absolute fits. And and, 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 and and Kevin Garnett, no idea how to guard him. And being so dominant and scoring. I mean, Shaquille O'Neal was a scorer. And a great defender just because of his size. And he could still move so quickly for a big guy in his peak days. Ben Simmons, his free throws were worse than Shaq's, who you'd argue is probably the worst, you know, great players, as far as the great players go, worst free throw shooter of all time. Ben Simmons was worse than that, and he plays point guard, and he is not scoring at legitimately anywhere close to how Shaquille O'Neal scored. So I think there's two things at play here. I think there's two real things at play. Clearly, Ben Simmons is not working hard enough on his game. That We just got to call a spade a spade. Let's just be honest about it. There's no way you can be 6'10", jump out of the gym, be one of the best defenders in the NBA currently, if not the best, and be that bad scoring the basketball if you're not actually working that hard on your game. Or whatever, how hard he's working, it's not the proper work. He's not putting in the right work. There is a... Failure at the base level of the pyramid. You know, you always say, like, hey, when you start with something, you always start with the ground floor, the base. What does it say in baseball? We're just fielding ground balls and working on that footwork, you know, throwing the first base from shortstop, just, you know, always the fundamentals. That's what Ben Simmons, whatever fundamentals he could be working in the gym. I don't think he is because I, it's just, you could see on the court. I I don't think Ben Simmons is a gym rat. I don't think he's staying late till midnight, getting up 300 shots before he leaves the facility. But if he is, whatever he is doing, it's not working. And he needs to go back to the, he needs to blow up his pyramid and restart with that new foundation. So that's number one. Number two is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are the worst possible pair of all-star teammates. They're just, they do not fit together at all. Unless Ben Simmons completely just became a power forward. But even then, that you're, you're limiting Ben Simmons to what he can be and his potential. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were never going to work. The problem was for so long in this process, to be honest, Philly, and I don't blame them, they never knew who to back, who to choose. Which horse do we run with? Who do we invest the time and the money into? Because Embiid was hurt so often and Simmons shows such flashes of a LeBron-esque game. A point forward who can do, in a Magic Johnson-esque ability to dish the ball and then defends as good as Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it's, like, if you're in Philly's organization every day and you're watching this, you got a guy in Joel Embiid who's clearly more talented, but the bigs are dying in the game a little bit, and he's injured. And then you got a guy in Ben Simmons whose ceiling is literally the moon, but it's just not coming together. So you try to ride this out and say, all right, well, let's keep putting shooters around him, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry, uh, Danny Green. Let's just keep trying to make this work. And now what you've seen is clearly, you if you're going to choose one of these guys, you got to back Joel Embiid and you got to ride out the health thing. And you got to ride out the health thing. He's never going to be 100% healthy in a season. You're never going to be able to count him 100% of the playoffs like we were talking about with Kawhi Leonard. But I would rather go with that guy who's just, we know is a MVP candidate when healthy as opposed to Ben Simmons because they do not work together. Offensively, that was some of the ugliest offensive basketball I've ever seen from a, a one seed in the NBA playoffs. I mean, it was horrific. There was no movement. Ben Simmons was completely lost. Uh, and and then the liability at the free throw line. Absolute liability. And, and and it all culminated, I think, especially, it was just that one play. the the the, the Ben Simmons could go up for the dunk, doesn't, hands it off, foul, you get one free throw, and the Hawks run away with the game and you lose the game. I mean, that is is Ben Simmons not even wanting to dunk the basketball for fear that he go to the free throw line. So, that being said, those are two things that are real. I don't think Ben Simmons has been working hard enough on his game, or if he has actually been putting on the hours at the gym, fundamentally, whoever he's working with, they're doing something completely wrong. And number two, what I think is a fact, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were never a great fit. Don't blame Philly for trying to see it out, but now... We now we now know they cannot play together. Cuz they both want to be in the lane and they can't both be in the lane. They're both too big of bodies in the modern space and shoot NBA. So, where do we go from here? I think if you're if you're Philadelphia, you have got to start calling the teams that right now have no immediate future, right? They have no immediate like superstar. They're in small markets and they're just muddling through mediocrity. So, who are those teams? Well, those teams are Minnesota. You're not, you don't want Carl Anthony Towns. And Minnesota, I don't think, will necessarily want Ben Simmons because you just saw his fit with Joel Embiid. I think it's a, it's a bad fit. But if you can get picks and a D'Angelo Russell, that's not a bad trade. Golden State. Because of the two first round draft picks. If you can get me two first round draft picks and Andrew Wiggins, done. I'll take it. You know what I mean? Give me Andrew Wiggins and two first round draft picks or even one of those first round draft picks. Deal. Try to make the money work in some other ways. Some other contracts got to move. And I think it works for Golden State because Golden State will just have Draymond Green take him under his wing and say, Ben, you are our new Draymond Green. Clay, Steph, and new Draymond Green. Because Draymond Green at his peak is what made the Warriors seventy-three and nine. Now, if Ben will never be able to, because Draymond Green can't shoot anymore, so you don't have to worry about that, and you don't need Draymond to shoot. You don't need Ben Simmons to shoot when you have a healthy Steph and a healthy Clay, uh, and a healthy James Wiseman, and you make you make the offense run through Ben Simmons, and then you just get you have Draymond Green turn him into the defensive player of the year that he should be, and turn him into a low-post player. I think it's a, it would be a home run in Golden State, and I think Ben Simmons should embrace the idea of that. Uh, the other teams that you you have to call, and you have to check in, Sacramento, because they don't have a star. Can you get Buddy Healed or uh, uh, or a De'Aaron Fox and something? If you can get De'Aaron Fox away, say, hey, we'll give you picks, Ben Simmons, and you give us De'Aaron Fox. You do that, I don't think Sacramento would. But can you can you find a way to or, – or if you're Sacramento, can you say, hey, we're going to go big fish hunting and we can't get stars here, so we're going to trade for a star in Ben Simmons to try to make him and Darren Fox work. You know, I, I think that Ben Simmons could be kind of the point forward with Darren Fox. I think that could be really interesting. Oklahoma City, they got a ton of picks. They need a star. Hey, give us Kemba Walker and a pick, and you can have Ben Simmons, and you build around Ben Simmons. Build around all those shooters around Ben Simmons. Shea Gildress Alexander – Build around Ben Simmons. Uh, Orlando, no-brainer. They don't have any stars. Here's a star. Build around him. Give us something in return. Uh, You know, uh, I don't know who they got down there, but give us something. Give us some picks. Indiana, I think, is really interesting. You say, Indiana, you need a star. Uh, Miles Turner, uh, you have Sabonis and and Simmons. Games would work well. I I think, you you know, say, hey, you need a star. Give us a... You know, the point guard and give us uh, some picks. Make uh, make it happen. And then Houston is the same situation as, as Oklahoma City. You don't got anyone. Uh, so give us John Wall and a pick. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe Christian Wood. And you have a star there. And Ben Simmons. Toronto, same thing. Give us Kyle Lowry and a pick. And then if you're San Antonio, maybe you try it. If you're San Antonio, why not? Throw it at the wall. Say, hey... We got, uh, you know, we'll give you Murray, and uh, and we'll build around Ben Simmons. Maybe we'll give you Demar Derozan and someone, and we'll build around Ben Simmons. If there's anyone who can make Ben Simmons work, it'd be Popovich. And if you're Ben Simmons, you say, "Hey, I got to buy into this culture here. It's a winning culture. It's it's be, it's uh, Greg Popovich. You, you, you got to be able to buy into that." Uh, so I think there's some there. There are places to trade Ben Simmons. Those are some examples. I'm sure there's other ones, better ones out there. But I'm just giving you a pe a peek into the mindset of. What these GMs got to be talking about, and if you're Philly, what you got to be looking for? You got to be targeting the teams that have uh, are desperate for a star, are desperate for a reboot, have some picks, and you can make something work. Uh, and 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 for Ben Simmons, you could say, "Hey, I'm going to a team where I can be the guy here. I can be the stud. Work around it." Boston is interesting. Boston is really interesting. The problem is I just don't see Philly and Boston making a deal happen. But I really feel like if you could put Ben Simmons at the point guard with Jason Tatum and Brown and let then Ben Simmons live in the paint, that could be really interesting. But I don't know how Philly gets that deal done. Philly would have to lose out on that deal a little bit just to get rid of Ben Simmons' contract. But if you just took some picks from Boston and maybe, you know, Gosh, I don't know who you get in return, but that's an interesting one. So there's deals to be made. Uh, It's not all doom and gloom for Ben Simmons, but he deserved a lot of the criticism. All right, you're listening on The Market News Talk 1070, KJML, the KJML app. When we come back, I want to talk Carl Nassib. My thoughts on it uh, and this incredible moment for the NFL and uh, humanity in a lot of ways. Uh, We'll dive into that. Uh, And then uh, to wrap up the show, this little Stanley Cup talk and some uh, other NBA news, and I'm going to save the St. Louis Cardinals. I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it. On the marker, News Talk 1070, KHMO and the KHMO app. The Quincy Gems present America's past. KHMO and the KHMO app brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai. I don't even need the paper. I don't care. I I know this stuff by now. You know why? Because I'm part of the Cunis family. Uh, Over 3,000 new and used vehicles to choose from. Uh, I'm telling you, if you're in the market for a new vehicle, a used vehicle, and you don't go to Cunis Honda Hyundai, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. Uh, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, Faith Family Giving Back. They live and breathe that motto. Check out CunisQuincy.com. Follow them on Facebook. Tell them Mark sent you. I'm telling you, that also will help you out when you go in to make the deal. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome on back to the show. I want to spend a couple minutes here talking Carl Nassib. Um, the defensive end for the Las Vegas Raiders, he came out at the earlier this week as a, a gay man living in uh, the 2021. It says something in this statement about feeling this way for knowing it for many many years, but finally feeling comfortable during Pride Month to come on out. I thought his video was fantastic. I thought it was um, so well stated, and also the idea of like, hey, this is something I hope we don't have to do in the future. That guys can live freely and openly. Uh, and not have to be like, I'm making this statement now. Like, who, you know, not care what happens in, you know, a person's bedroom, uh, of how it equates to how they live their life. Uh, and Carl Nassib, I think it's really interesting. And I think there's some, a couple things I have that I think are uh, really important about this. Because a lot of people will say, oh, who cares? It doesn't matter. And I think it does matter for a couple reasons. First off, A, We have never had an active NFL player. And Carl Nassib's a real player. Now, I know Michael Sam, but that was a guy who got drafted and didn't make a roster. And a lot of people will say, well, Michael Sam didn't make a roster because of his sexuality. And this is not true. Michael Sam, especially you guys down here, Mizzou fans, you know, Michael Sam was a very good college player. But there's a lot of very good college players that just don't translate to the NFL. Uh, and but Carl Nassib's a legitimate NFL player in going into year two of a three-year, you know, almost thirty million dollar deal with Oakland, uh, with Vegas. Yeah, that's still hard for me to do. Uh, and 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 Carl Nassib's a guy that is a is a even after that contract runs up, he will still have chances to make NFL teams and and contribute to NFL teams for a couple years to come. Here, So a real NFL player. And part of this, I think, so there's also there's that that's involved. But I also think what's really involved is what Carl said in his um, post about the Trevor project and him donating a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor project uh, that supports LGBTQ plus uh, youth in suicide prevention. And I think if you don't know this, I think it's so important to know that uh, especially here during pride month, LGBTQ plus youth are five times more likely to commit suicide than their straight friends. And, and, studies and research has shown and you you get all this information from Carl's post and he get it from the Trevor project that even one accepting adult in one of these kids lives and not even saying like, Oh, you have to be their best friend and put them on a pedestal, but just accepting of them and who they are and and an adult in their life, whether you're an uncle, a coach. And I think he really means this for the coaches and being in a locker room, a parent, literally a parent, um, a teacher, being accepting and showing that you are an ally uh, can prevent, uh, decrease, excuse me, those suicide rates by forty percent, and that's all I, I think is so important to focus on. On what Carl was trying to do with this message is saying, "Hey, I finally—I'm almost 30, He said, basically "He's basically almost thirty-year-old guy, and it's taken him this long to be comfortable coming out." So think about those other people in your lives who may know that, and if you can be an ally for them uh, with coaches. Uh, in athletics, uh, with teachers, uh, with, uh, you know, friends. It can help uh, these people live and and not fall into that uh, horrific suicide rate for these LGBTQ plus youth. And the other thing I think it just goes to show you, Carl Nassib's jersey has been the number one selling jersey now uh, on all of the, you know, NFL shop and all that fanatics website for like five days in a row since he did this. And again, that just goes to show you the amount of people out there who this does matter to. Who do want to support him, and say that this is a big deal for them? And there are plenty of uh, of fans of the NFL uh, who are in that community. And the NFL, I think, is very smart to embrace Carl the way they have, and also make a donation to the Trevor Brown, uh, uh project, because this is the type of thing where it's uh, it's uh, you saw Warren Moon come out and say, it. "Oh, we knew we had guys who in the locker room who were gay, but they just didn't they just wasn't a part of time in the country." and in the locker room in the NFL culture where they could come out and be that way. So if Carl can help break down that barrier and statistically we know now there are there there has to be men in the these locker rooms that are part of this community, just from the statistics we have, uh if we can open and grow that, I think it's a huge for Carl, huge for the NFL, uh huge for the growth, huge for the safety of the people in this community. Uh and uh, I know I don't talk a lot about my personal life on the show, but you know, I fell into sports talk radio from doing morning show radio, mornings to market, Sam on kick FM. Uh, my background is in acting. I'm a, I have a degree in acting. I lived in Chicago as an actor for years and I have many, many friends in the LGBTQ plus community and seeing how they've reacted. I, I get made fun of for being the guy who's uh, doing theater, but goes home and watches sports and is not watching, you know, uh, going to th- theater shows on the weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm spending my weekend gambling on sports. And they're like, you know, being almost a, a person in the theater world who doesn't necessarily fit in because it's a very, very uh, welcoming environment for LGBTQ plus community. And them making fun of me a little bit like, oh, you're just the dumb guy who likes sports. But seeing how important it was for them and saying, wow, representation, seeing the NFL make that donation for a lot of people who don't give a rip about the NFL – like, again, that's growth. That's progress. And that uh, it, it just goes to show the NFL caring. And uh, kudos to Carl Nassib. Uh, uh, you know, good player. Very good player. And uh, a very good contributor for uh, an Oakland uh, of... Geez, I keep saying it. A Vegas Raiders defense that needs all the help they can get. Carl, and he said it in his video, and I think it was funny too, Say, hey, I, we, we as a Raiders defense, and we got to get better. I got to get better. So he's focused on his offseason training. Shout out to Carl And uh, shout out to the NFL for handling it really well, and hopefully uh, continues to break down these barriers and stereotypes. Of you don't doesn't matter uh, your sexual orientation. If you're really good at your job, you're really good at your job, and you should be supported in that way. And uh, uh, kudos that we're you know, it's 2021. It's sad that maybe it's taken this long, but hey, progress is progress, and uh, we are pro progress on this show. That's for sure. All right, when we come back, I got a little NHL talk. I got uh, some thoughts on some of the NBA hires and. I will fix the St. Louis Cardinals, even though I don't want to, but I'll fix them for you, all right? Live and local in America's hometown, it's on the market. News Talk 1070, KHMO. Every two minutes, a child becomes a... KHMO, and the KHMO app, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area. 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith Family Giving Back, that's Cunis Country. Tell them Mark sent you. Lifetime powertrain warranty on new and select used vehicles. That's an insane deal. All right, um, running out of time here, so I want to quickly move through a couple things. I don't talk a ton of NHL. Um, you know, part of that is I don't. I have forty five minutes once a week. I like watching the NHL. I've watched a lot of the Stanley Cup playoffs, um, but there's just other storylines that I'm more passionate about, more informed about. And again, my my job is to try and elevate whoever's listening to a level of beyond the bar room sports arguments, right? So if I feel more educated in a certain topic, I feel more comfortable talking about it. I think it's a better product, better show. But I do think the NHL lucked out big time with their NHL, their Santa Cup finals. It is uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning one game seven uh, over the Islanders. And you have the Lightning, the defending champions. So that's a great storyline for the NHL. Can they go back to back? It's hard to do in the NHL. Really hard to do. Are they, can they get a dynasty talk starting? Versus the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Canada has not won a Stanley Cup since Montreal won it in 1993. Almost 30 years ago. So either way, whoever wins, this is huge for NHL growth. This is, a uh, I think, going to be a much must-watch series. I'm going to watch as much as I can of this. We'll probably talk a little bit more about this series. And if you're an NHL person out there who's a big fan of it, Inform me, hit me up on Twitter at Mark Hespin in the comments on on the Mark KHMO on Facebook, and we'll talk more NHL. But this is a historic NHL Stanley Cup final uh, for that reason. You might have back-to-back. You could have Dynasty Talk with Tampa Bay, or you could have the first Stanley Cup champion from Canada in almost 30 years, and it could be the Canadians who were the last to do it in Montreal. Uh, Viva Montreal! Bonjour, comment ça va? Yeah. I love... I've been to France. I speak a little French. So I'm rooting for Montreal. i got to be honest. Uh, I want to also quickly mention Mavericks hiring Jason Kidd. Yeah, we'll see. I have a feeling they asked Luca. They better have. And I have a feeling Luca said, yeah, I grew up watching Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd plays the game how I play the game. Let's get... I'm, I'm comfortable with Jason Kidd. And Jason Kidd's a guy that when he first got his job... It was kind of like I, you know, kind of like Steve Nash. just because he's, you know, famous. But now Jason Kidd's been in circles for a long time, Coach circles. He's been an assistant coach now for years. I think Jason Kidd's now ready to ascend to it. So I, I don't, I don't hate the hire. Blazer hiring uh, Chauncey Billups. I love this because I think Chauncey, the idea of Chauncey Billups can also help the Blazers bringing in a, maybe another free agent or uh, in a trade for a superstar, because Chauncey is well respected by NBA players. And and a guy like Damian Lillard to keep Damian happy. I think they certainly talk to Damian about that. So I love that hire, even though he has no coaching experience, really. And then the Pacers hiring Rick Carlisle, love that. The, this is exactly what the Pacers need. Bring back Carlisle, culture setter, be the face of the franchise, and I hope the Pacers make some moves. You have some good pieces. You can build around Sabonis, the modern NBA big uh, and Malcolm Brogdon, maybe. And what can you get for Trey, uh, uh, you know, if, uh, for Miles Turner? Or maybe you, you build around Turner and and uh, Brogdon and maybe move Sabonis. I don't know. But uh, I think the, the Pacers could have something cooking there, and I love that hire. Cardinals fans, with a minute left, I'm going to fix your team. The Cardinals are in dire straits right now of uh, fixing their starting rotation. There is a big, big fish out there. And I think the Cardinals need to go acquire Max Scherzer. Max is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Go get Scherzer on a rental. Make a push now while you have Arnato, while you have Paul Goldschmidt. Bring Scherzer in. Be your A. Stabilize the top of that rotation. Fill out the rest of the rotation behind him. Convince Scherzer that he should spend the last three years of his career in St. Louis with the Cardinals, with Arnato, with Goldschmidt. You know, that's what they need to do. I, I know that Cardinals fans don't love giving up prospects. I get it. And they had a great prospects, but the Cardinals you can't be this bad right now after acquiring Nolan Arenado. Cubs need Scherzer too. Listen, I know they do. But I think the Cardinals need him more and the Car- and Cardinals fans, listen, we always talk with a lot of Cardinals fans here in this area. You haven't won a World Series now in 10 years. That's rare air for Cardinals fans. Yeah, you are Champion. You're the Yankees of the Midwest. You cannot be this bad after, and, and haven't won a World Series in 10 years and when you've got Nolan Arenado. You've now got to go all in. And I think Scherzer will be going all in and then can you convince Scherzer to stay? Uh, you're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KMO. We'll see you next week, 4th of July. Going to record the show. Won't be live on Facebook. But follow me on Twitter at Mark Hessman Enjoy your weekend. See?